He may have only been here for half a season, but what a memorable half season 2008 was. Earlier this week, Good Karma Brands, that's WTMJ, ESPN Milwaukee, and 1017 The Truth, had the chance to chat with Milwaukee Brewers legendary pitcher CC Sabathia. We talk about everything from his open struggles with alcohol abuse to being traded to the Brewers. He's a huge Raiders fan and also a fan of Giannis Atetokounmpo. So here's that interview. Milwaukee Brewers legendary pitcher, CC Sabathia. CC, thanks so much for uh, for taking the time today. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. So when getting ready for this interview, was looking at, you know, you're throwing out the first pitch on Friday night, which happens to be Harry Potter night at American Family Field. So I guess I have to ask the important question first. Are you a Harry Potter fan? Yeah, big Harry Potter fan. Me and my uh, my daughters um, and my youngest, my youngest son uh, is a big Harry Potter fan. So uh, we've actually been to London um, to the studios and out there to the cool. to the, like, the amusement park that they have out there. We've been down to Universal Studios, so uh, we've seen all the movies. So it's pretty cool it's, uh, that I'm getting to throw the first pitch out on Harry Potter night. Yeah, that's awesome. You got like a Nimbus 2000 to ride out onto under the mound. Right, or... I should. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this actually helps. If you said no, I was going to have to shift a bunch of questions, but since you, got, you are an actual fan, so what house would CC Sabathia be in? Man, we we've had this conversation and and uh, in my uh, my house the whole time, and my kids seem to think I'd be Slytherin, but I think I'd be Gl- uh, Gryffindor. So, from everything uh, I read about your time with the Brewers, and just I grew up in Milwaukee, huge Brewers fan. You were the reason I fell in love with baseball in two thousand and eight. So thanks for that. Um, but uh, definitely, like everyone said, you're giant teddy bear, like Gryffindor for for sure. Yeah, my kid, my kids seem to disagree, but I, I think I'd be Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after since your playing days, I know you have another job with the MLB. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but since the, the playing days, retirement, um, everything you spending more time with your kids is that everything you thought it would be? Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, my kids are old enough now where you know we get a chance to hang out and do some some cool things. I have a a, a kid. My oldest is about to be a sophomore at uh, Georgia Tech, so he's on his baseball journey. So to get a chance to watch him. Um, and, you know, now enjoy the game and, and be a part of the game. Um, it's a lot of fun. So I think I retired at the perfect time. I got to see his last two years of high school and, um, you know, got integrated back into my younger kid's life. So uh, it's been it's been great. So so my, often we hear, you know, Michael Jordan's son, LeBron James' son, Bronny at USC, if he decides to play this year, like the pressure of being the the, the child of a famous athlete, especially – ones who have excelled in the ways that you did. Do you think that's stressful on him down at Georgia Tech? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was when he was younger. I think he's figured out a way now to carve his own, you know, lane out in in that, um, you know, and, you know, trying to figure all of that out. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you know, when, when he was younger and me not being home a lot, him trying to figure out his journey was a little tougher. But I think now, you know, he's super mature. He's about to be 20 years old in a couple of weeks and, um, you know, I think he's figured out, um, you know, his lane kind of in, you know, in our family dynamic. So, um, it's, it's been great to be able to have, you know, good conversations with him now that I'm retired and I can actually see him play and I'm watching the games now. So, um, you know, I, I think it, you know, it is a lot of pressure, but I think he's able to deal with it. So the ultimate retirement question, how's the golf game? Golf game's getting good, man. Uh, I started off the summer, you know, playing really well. This Last couple of weeks, I haven't been playing good, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. I'm out playing at Wingfoot tomorrow, so nice. we'll see. Uh, any time for golf when you're in Wisconsin this weekend? 
Man, I wish. Nah, I wish. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm playing I'm playing wing foot tomorrow, which is Thursday. I'm coming Friday, Saturday, and, I, and then I'll be right back uh, to play on Sunday. So, um, now I don't have time. The, the schedule's you know pretty packed, but they keep telling me I need to get up there and, and play some golf. I heard some good golf courses in a pit. Yeah, there's some good golf courses. A couple of PGA tournaments here every couple of years. So, uh, if from all of your former teammates. You can put together one golf foursome. So you and three other of your former teammates, who, who's in that foursome with you? Oh, uh, man, it would probably be Dave Risky for sure. Um, Mike Cameron, I would throw in that in that uh, foursome. And then I would put – I would throw Aaron Hicks. Okay. Sounds like a fun group. Yeah, it's a good group. Um, so you're going to be back in Milwaukee throwing out the first pitch Friday night. Um, take me back a little bit. July 7th, 2008, I think is the exact date. You get the call. Maybe you knew it was coming, but you get traded from Cleveland to Milwaukee. Do you remember just kind of what went through? You know, you came up in, in the Cleveland organization. You had been there as a pro since 01. Like, what goes through your mind when you get that call? Uh, just, you know, I was – I didn't – I kind of expected it. You know, we had talked about it the whole season. You know, maybe, you know, me getting traded. Um, but you you never really think that you're going to get traded until it actually happens. So, um, you know, as much as I knew it was going to happen, it was still shock and, you know, um, sadness and disappointment because I had been in that organization for so long. Um, and, you know, when I got, you know, when I got to Milwaukee, I walked in the clubhouse and, you know, the guys were great and it felt like I had been there for the last 10 years. You know, it felt like I had walked into my Cleveland clubhouse. So, um, you know, that, that made it easy. That made it great. And, and, uh, you know, it just helped me realize that, you know, baseball is the same everywhere. You know, I mean, you get traded to different organizations, different cities, but it's still the same ultimate goal is trying to go out and win a championship. And, um, you know, I was stretched right into that that playoff race right when I got to Milwaukee and um, just did the best I could to embrace it and, and be a part of the team. So when people talk Milwaukee baseball, Bob Euchre is the first name to come to mind. Uh, do you remember meeting him for the first time and any good Bob Euchre stories from your from your season with the, with the Brewers? Yeah, I mean, I think I met Uke right away. Uh, in Damn those it. days, he was in the clubhouse every single day. You know, he was in the food room every single day telling stories, um, you know, talking about his fishing trips and different things like that. So, um, you know, I think he was probably one of the very first people I met. And, you know, the the, the coolest thing was, you know, for me, just being able to hang out and, and, and sit around and, and talk, um, shop with him and listen to all his stories and all the people that he had um, you know, come across and, and, you know, the movies and, you know, I mean, Uke's a star. So it, it, it's pretty fun. I mean, having a chance to grow up in that Cleveland organization, getting close to Bob Feller, Mudcat Grant, and then coming to, going to Milwaukee and his Bob Uecker and then coming to New York and, you know, Yogi Berra and, and Ron Guidry. So, um, I've been blessed to be around some incredible baseball people and, and incredible, incredibly talented baseball players. Um, to kind of help shape and mold, you know, how I think about the game. So, oddly enough, I've also lived in Cleveland, and I grew up in Milwaukee, so I wanted to get your perspective because I have an opinion on this that I feel like will shock a lot of people, but the better fans, who had the better fans, Cleveland or Milwaukee? I know New York's a whole other animal. I mean, I, I feel like they're kind of the same fan base, to be honest. Um, I just I, – I mean, I remember when I was in Milwaukee, it was such an exciting time, you know, it was people – tailgating outside the game. I, you know, I had never seen um, a fan base be so enthused, you know, about mm -hmm. about a team. Um, you know, when I was in Cleveland, I had, you know, they had a bunch of great teams in the 90s, and I came up 
at a time when I was on the very last of the good teams, you know? And um, so I had seen, you know, the way that stadium packs out and sells out, but the enthusiasm I feel like in Milwaukee, because we hadn't been to the playoffs in so long, um, was something that was new to me. Did you ever check out a Cleveland Browns football game? Oh, yeah. I've been to a bunch of Browns football games, yeah. Yeah, that's where I think those fans are next level. It's cold as it is in Green Bay, but they never win, and it was always just wild. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're die hard. You know what I mean? I mean, they, you, they get the same whether you get up in Green Bay, but the team doesn't win, you know? So, <laughs> it's still they're packing that stadium out. So, yeah, I mean, they, you know, that fan base. But, I mean, it, it's only like that for the Browns. You know, yeah. they, they're, they're, they're only – um, you know, crazy like that for the Browns and Ohio State. They they'll they'll do anything for those two those two organizations. Definitely. Um, I know you played football in high school, but where do your football allegiances lie? Um, is it are you paying attention to Georgia Tech this year? Or are you pro football fan at all? Oh no, I'm a Raiders fan. I'm okay. a Raiders fan. My kids are too. My son is too. So uh, we'll we'll fly out to Vegas. Uh, maybe three or four times. I'll, I'll fly out. You know, f- five, four or five times. Uh. During the season, my my son and my little guy, they'll fly out maybe two or three times. Um, last year, we took the whole family out for uh, New Year's Eve and enjoyed the game. So my family's a Raider fans, and, you know, the fact that they're in Vegas now, beats more to Oakland. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was going to have to ask if, you're, uh, if your New York, your time in New York swayed you into being a Jets fan, and obviously all that's going on with them this year. Uh, but uh, Jets play the Raiders this year. That'll be a good one to check out. Yeah, Jets play the Raiders and the Giants back to back weeks. So I've already got that mapped out uh, November 5th, November 12th. So oh, that's uh, a true I, fan. This isn't just like I'm a casual Raiders fan. You have the schedule no, memorized. No, I got I got my <laughs> I got my my season mapped out. Uh, do you ever look back and think um I know you had a crazy great NFL career or MLB career, but do you ever look back and uh, and think like maybe I should have played football in college or are you glad with the the baseball approach? No, I mean, I, 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 my dream was to go to college and play football, and I wish I would have had a chance just to go to college and, you know, mature and, you know, have a chance to, to live a college life. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I didn't play, you know, play in the NFL and, and take that route. I mean, you know, it's such a tough life, and the career is so short, you never know what's going to happen. So, um, no, I, I was blessed, and I, and I think, uh, you know, I really loved and enjoyed playing baseball every single day, so I think it worked out for the best. So I want to get to a bunch of rapid fire questions here. The team at ESPN Milwaukee challenged me to get 52 questions into you in our allotted time um, because your number should be retired by the Brewers. That's a whole other rant I can go on later. <laughs> um, so we're almost at 20 anyway, so we'll we'll run through these. But before we get to that, I wanted to hit on something kind of serious. Uh, your documentary is incredible. If you haven't, go check that out. If you're listening to this, go check it out. Um, but you're you're so open about your your struggles, uh, especially late in your career. Um, and I guess I just wanted to get from you. Do you have any advice for someone who may be going through a similar fight that you went through? And, and especially people who may be too too ashamed or in denial to admit it. Just like advice from your experience that you could share with uh, with people listening who may benefit from that. But I think the biggest thing is is uh, just understanding that everybody has struggles and everybody's going through stuff. And and I think the hardest part about getting help is actually reaching out, you know, is, is taking that first step. So if you feel like you're struggling with, you know, alcohol dependency or, you know, any kind of drug dependency or anything like that, I think the the hardest step is just the first step and in, in reaching out and, and, you know, telling somebody that you can't control you know, you know, these things that you do by yourself. So um, I think I think once you reach out and, and, and seek help, 
you know, there's plenty of programs and plenty of people out there that are that are willing to help you and get you back on the right track. Um, but you just got to be willing to, to reach out. And like you said, it is, um, you know, sort of it, we we're trying to break down the stigma now. Um, but there still sort of is a stigma out there about alcohol dependency and all these different things. But I think more people are starting to understand that that this is a disease and, um, you know, a lot of people can't control it. So there are a lot of ways out there for you to get help. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing is just reaching out to somebody and letting them know. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. And I hope people who hear this, you know, can benefit from that and an odd transition, but a couple of rapid fire questions for you here. If you have time, um, you can only eat one style of food for the rest of your life. What is it? Probably pizza. Fair enough. I was going to next question. I kid you not New York style pizza or cheese curd. So I'd take pizza there. Pizza, New York style um, pizza. So from a baseball perspective, was your agent ever pissed at you for throwing on three days rest in a contract year in 2008? Oh, he was so mad. He didn't show up <laughs> that game except for the very last one. He came to the very last that very last game against uh, the Cubs. He came to that one. Yeah. What were those phone calls like? I just got a little behind the scenes because I can't imagine if you're you're going into one of the biggest contracts of all time. It's like actually I'm throwing on Tuesday and Saturday. Yeah, I mean the the the, the conversations were kind of one sided, where he would be yelling and you know he was a little upset, and I was just like, you know, I felt good, so I was just trying to explain to him like. You know, I know there's a risk for injury, but there, the more I go out there and pitch, I feel like the more money I'm going to make it. So just let me do this. <laughs> Love that. And Milwaukee thanks you and for fielding those phone calls from your agent. So that's <laughs> awesome. Um, favorite Denzel Washington movie? Uh, uh, favorite Denzel movie would probably be um, Training Day. All right. Uh, when you hear the name Giannis Adetokounmpo, what do you think of? Uh, beast, man. And just the way he, you know, worked. I mean, you know, if you look at him when he first came into the league until now, um, just a complete work of art. So, you know, kudos to him on how much he worked to, to become what he is. Have you seen him live yet? Oh, yeah. A couple times. Gotcha. I was going to say the owner of our media company here, Good Karma Brands, is a minority owner of the Bucks. So um, I will invite you to sit on the floor with Craig Carmazin at any time. You want to come to Milwaukee, right. we can make it happen. Uh, you let me know. Um, All time favorite NBA player. Michael Jordan. Pretty best concert you've ever seen. Uh man, I, I recently went to a scissor concert that was pretty fire, but uh Hove's concerts are the no, nah, I'm gonna say Beyonce concerts are the dopest. Okay. Have uh, do you take your girls to see the Taylor Swift concert at all or the tour at all? Nah, my they not my girls not Taylor Swift. They more right. you know more Beyonce? Scissor, Beyonce, yeah. All right, that's yeah, what's up. The scissor twice, so <laughs> <laughs> um the name of your fantasy football team. Uh, Crest Creepers, and then I have one called Crest Creepers, and I have one called uh, Oaklandish. Okay, love that. Um, as we, I know you have another interview lined up, so we'll go whip through these. Uh, I remember you going yard when you played for the Brewers. Is it safe to say that you inspired Shohei Otani's greatness? You single handedly inspired Shohei. <laughs> he might have seen that video of that Homer of Homer Bailey, so yeah, for sure. Cats <laughs> or dogs? Dogs, for sure. Pepsi or Coke? Uh, Pepsi. If you're building a taco, what's on top of it? Uh, just carne, cilantro, and cheese. Outside of playing for the Brewers, favorite memory living in Milwaukee? Um, you know what? It was just the people there in my neighborhood in Brookfield. Like, if I had a good game, people would like drop cookies off in my in my front door <laughs> and stuff. So it was like the 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 cul-de-sac, the neighborhood I lived in was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, you're at a barbecue, hot dog or burger? Burger. If you weren't a professional athlete, what career would you have? 
Um, I think I would be uh, teaching at my high school and probably coaching. Love that. Um, do you remember any Halloween costumes you wore as a kid? Oh yeah, I had a I had a, a, a pretty dope Garfield costume one year. That was like that the, was, the cat, like the old plastic one. Yeah, <laughs> like you sweat through. Yeah, love that. Favorite meal of the day. Um, my favorite meal of the day right now is this. Uh, I get this this teriyaki bowl from this place called Salad House here in New, Jer- in New Jersey. Okay. Um, have you ever thought an umpire just did not like you? Like you're on the mound, you're painting the corners, and you're just like, all right, this guy just doesn't have it for me today. No, I think that's every umpire. So that's why I think <laughs> I don't like any of the umpires. Any none of the umpires like me. Fair enough. Pretend Tom Brady isn't an option. Best NFL quarterback of all time, and you can't say Jimmy Garoppolo, Raiders fan. Aaron Rodgers. Well, no, I'm gonna say Pat Mahomes. Better than Rodgers. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so what's next for you? I know you got the job with MLB podcasting, media, anything lined up? New new documentaries because obviously you know how to produce one. Yeah, no, I mean, no, nah, I'm just just kind of living life, man, and, and things come as they come. Um, you know, we we did our last podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, just with life, I mean, me and Ryan are really still really close. We played golf the other day together. Nice, uh, but just you know, just scheduling wise, him being uh, getting a promotion at ESPN, and you know, me being busy with MLB, it's hard to keep the podcast up once a week. So. Um, you know, we're we're looking to, to do different things. But, uh, you know, for me, I, I, I want to do a documentary on the Black Aces. There have only been 15 um, black pitchers to win 20 games in a season mm-hmm. um, in MLB. And I think their story should be told because, you know, some of these guys were doing it, you know, in a time when, you know, it wasn't really accepted, you know, in, in America. You know, so I feel like the history of baseball kind of coincides with American history. And to tell these guys' story, it'd be pretty cool. You know, Don Newcomb and Bob Gibson and Mudcat Grant, you know, Fergie Ferguson Jenkins has more wins. He has more complete games in his career than I have wins. He has 269 complete games. Complete wins. Yeah, you know what I mean? So these guys' story, I feel like, need to be told. And I want to tell it in a way of of the time that they that they were living in America, you know, the things mm-hmm. that they were going through. So um you know, I think it's it's time to give these guys their flowers, and it's a cool group for me to be a part of, and I think more people need to, to understand the story. Yeah, I think that'd be incredible, anything you can do to tell those stories. I think because baseball is such the sport of, like, there's records before integration, before black players were even allowed, and then there's records afterwards and Hall of Fame and things like that. Like, there's a lot that goes into that. That'd be an awesome documentary to watch. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. I mean, like you said, before baseball was integrated and, you know, look, you look at all the records and you look at after, I mean, a lot of the black players still hold all of the records and they weren't playing for the first, you Mm -hmm. know, 60 years of the game, you know. So uh, it'd be cool to tell a lot of these different stories and and, uh, get that out there. But I want to tell it in a way um, that it coincides with American history, kind of almost like the OJ and the OJ in America, the ESPN uh, Mm -hmm. story out. How it told the story of LA at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be important to do that with the Black Aces. It sounds like you're well on your way to producing that. So that's awesome. Man, thanks so much for your time. This was awesome. I appreciate it, man. Thank you.